Welcome to this month's edition of Mac Learning's webcast. Today we have with us on the phone Jess Mitchell from Duke University. She'll be making a few introductory remarks. And in the studio I'm joined by Alec Marshall, who is the product manager for the Apple Learning Interchange, which is the topic of today's webcast. Uh, first, I'd like to go ahead and uh, turn it over to Jess, who's going to uh, talk about Mac Learning's plans uh, for using uh, the Apple Learning Interchange. Jess, are you with us? another Mac Learning Environments webcast. wanted to talk for a few minutes about Mac Learning in the Apple Learning Interchange. Um, we are uh, setting up a space in the Learning Interchange. You can get to Learning Interchange by going to edcommunity.apple.com slash ALI, and I have a feeling Alec is going to talk more about that. We've got a public group there for when you go into Learning Interchange. It's called maclearning.org. And in that public group, what you'll find is a community of members of Mac Learning, and you should you should add yourself as a member as well. Um, we're looking for people to join the group because this is going to be the place where Mac Learning puts a lot of the materials we're producing. So our website is not going away. I just want to make that clear. You'll you'll want to keep coming back to MacLearning.org on the web because that's where we'll have our monthly themes. ALI is going to allow us to collect all sorts of community information and community uh, white papers and, and, and products that are relevant to the group and then to share them with the Mac Learning community. So in MacLearning.org, um, the group within the Learning Interchange, you can search for colleagues at other schools, you can search for content by name, you can search for conversations. It's sort of a one-stop shop for people, media, and community. And what is really powerful about um, ALI is that it has RSS links to just about everything. So we will be linking that material to MacLearning.org, our website. So you'll be able to see on MacLearning.org um, some of the materials that are getting produced by the group in ALI. It, the tool is going to allow us to basically accommodate all the work that we're doing in MacL. So for example, um, we can find folks in higher ed and K through 12 who are interested in what we're doing. We can find videos or how-tos or white papers that are relevant to what we're doing. We can find communities um, who have threaded conversations relevant to what we're doing within the Mac learning environments. And, and obviously Mac learning environments is going to create a lot of those community spaces. We've got a space for um, community iTunes U resources. We're very excited that Woolamaloo, the newest version of the iTunes Access application written by Rich Wolf, that's been important to a number of us doing administration of iTunes U, is now available in the um, Apple Learning Interchange at the MacLearning.org group. And um, that's a lot of stuff, uh, you know, uh, the community, the media, and the conversations that ALI and the team at Apple have taken on the task of making sense of all of this, finding out how to organize it and making it available to all of us, and making it extensible with RSS feeds. So we're really excited um, with what we we're going to be able to do in the interface. and. You can see, um, if you go into our website, we've got a section recently posted on ALI, and that right now is showing you what is being posted into the ALI group. And if we go to the next slide, it's got a, a screen capture of the MacLearning.org group within ALI, and you can see Will and Maloo front and center. You can also see some of the, your colleagues in the group, and you can see where you can start conversations. 
um, people can email you directly with messages. So we're really excited to have this one-stop shop and to uh, work with the Apple team on ALI and, and integrating it with the Mac Learning Environments Group and, and working on them with developing the tool further. Back to you, Scott. Great. Thank you so much, Jess. Uh, so as I mentioned earlier, uh, today we have Alec Marshall, Senior Manager, uh, I guess I, I misspoke on the title, Education Web Strategy, that's what we've got on the slide here. Um, and he's going to talk about the Apple Learning Interchange in general um, and the features and functionality of what's coming. And uh, also I, I think uh, you'll get some insight as to how uh, groups like Mac Learning can, can use uh, the Apple Learning Interchange. So I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to Alec. Alec? Thanks, Scott. Um, and you didn't misspeak, I am both product manager and uh, senior manager for education web strategy. Um, the Apple Learning Interchange actually started in 1999 and it, it started as a one-way showcase for Apple to be able to take uh, K-12 materials that were being produced in the, content, in the uh, context of K-12 classrooms, obviously, and put them into a showcase saying, here's what you could do with Apple products. Uh, it was all a manual process and there was very little involvement from the actual educators other than creating the teaching ideas in the classroom. Uh, as a new model of collaboration has appeared in the web, uh, we started noticing trends in the learning interchange of declining viewership and declining participation. And people were moving into spaces where they could create on their own and, and showcase their, their own pieces. And we kind of stepped onto that trend and took a look and I take that back. We stepped back and took a look at what collaboration is in uh, this new age of, of production. And Eric Schmidt, who's now on our board, has been quoted as saying that collaboration, uh, if you mention collaboration to a 45-year-old and a 20-year-old, neither one is going to understand what you're talking about. The old model of collaboration is we all sat around a table with a, a desired product and moved forward into that product um, and had set tasks, set goals, and a set outcome for the creation of that. The newer model has actually been invented by our students. And that model allows for strangers to, to work on separate products, change the context of those, and make them their own. And then they'll take them back, showcase it. And if it's all done in a public environment, then the product becomes owned by everybody. And so ALI was developed to harness that kind of collaboration and move it from the public space of MySpace and Facebook, where kids are working on products that you know, may not fit in the classroom, but and move them actually into the classroom and hand them over to educators. So the way that we moved toward collaboration was we wanted to create an environment that fostered the all of the steps to collaboration. And in order to develop that, you needed we needed content. An educator had to be able to provide a, their own context to the new product. And then there needs to be a connection. There needs to be a way for those teachers and, uh, and professionals to find each other and create together. Once you have that piece, then they're able to truly collaborate. So the, the content for Apple was the easy part. We've been built around the creation of, of new materials uh, for some years now. With the introduction of iLife, any user could create simple and beautiful new uh, 
new showcase products, anything from a PDF to a QuickTime file uh, to sound files and even Flash out of, Keyno out of Keynote. We launched iTunes U a couple years ago to disseminate those products that were being created in, in a university environment. Then finally, ALI has come around. And what we wanted to do with ALI was fill in the holes that had been left by iLife and iTunes U and take the production environment to a collaborative space and also allow for the production of all of the new web tools that make sh this kind of shelved collaboration a possibility. So with ALI, you can create custom media podcasts, you can create websites, RSS feeds, and then add images and text to create your own context. So let's spot, talk a little bit about context. In this example, user one posts a movie file. That movie file was created in his context, in the context of his classroom. User 2 comes, and he can grab that movie file and drop it into his media browser, where it's immediately accessible to uh, all of the iLife applications, as well as a lot of the pro, uh, pro applications. can either take that, new, that media file and add his own context with text in ALI, creating a website about that media file or a teaching idea around that media file, or it can actually drop that media file through the media browser and change it using one of the simple uh, iLife applications to match the context of the classroom. And a perfect example of that is a global environment. So if user A is a photography teacher in, let's say, Denver, who, who produces an exhibit about developing uh, silver nitrate photography, and user B is a photography teacher in Germany who sees the video says, that fits my subject completely. However, it's all in English. User B can take that piece of media, drop it into iMovie, change out the soundtrack to a German soundtrack, and repost it for sharing with the classroom. So the next step, we had content, we have context now, was connection. So we have two users here, and we wanted to step back to a basic model of connection. How do people connect when they're not on the web? How do they connect when they're actually meeting each other? And the first step is everybody looks for surface uh, similarities. And so we took that, uh, that capability and dropped it into ALI with the ability to find somebody by locality, by their teaching level, by profession, interests, and tools. Pretty much anything that described a, an individual as a sphere. We then built the capabilities for those individuals to organize and communicate with each other. And so not only can they create groups and forums of anybody with these similar interests, but there's internal messaging, comments, and even integration with iChat for instant connection. So once we have users and once we have the ability for them to organize, we created the ability for them to create together. And that's true collaboration, and that's where we build our connection. The motive, though, for sharing has to be a personal one. Uh, there have been communities around the web for years, and they typically launch, they, they peak up as, as new interest is, is put into it, or events are organized, or some kind of draw is put into there. But then they slow down and kind of disappear if there's no personal motive to share. So with ALI, we wanted to to take that collaborative uh, model and turn it into a personal space where the educators wanted to share. So the easy way 
to do that was to be able to create a distribution channel allowing ALI content to be accessed using all of Apple's learning devices. And so if you're using an Apple learning device in the classroom, it's easy to get to the material that you've created on ALI. Then uh, we attached a sharing model, which allows educators to share privately within a group or institution. So there's internal collaboration, there's closed collaboration within your group, or they can attach Creative Commons permissions and share with the world. And that's that new model of collaboration that I was talking about, where people can put things up and eventually somebody might take it down and recontext uh, re it and change it and create an entirely new product. So talking a little bit about the interface, moving from a showcase uh, website to a true social utility that, that was going to allow uh, educators to create their social networks and then use those social networks to create and, and produce content for the classroom was kind of a challenge. And over the past two years, we've been through about four separate interfaces, not counting the original three or four that were in development of, in development of the showcase. We wanted to take the idea of a content management system and move it into the same look and feel that you would expect from an Apple product. At the same time, we wanted to attach a social network and move that into the same interface that you'd expect from Apple. That was tough. And the, uh, the, original, uh, the original pieces were, uh, were difficult on our early adopters. And we have refined them over the past two years a great deal. And so I'd like to walk you through a little bit of how we've refined the interface. And also realize this is the web. It's constantly changing. And as a matter of fact, I'm showing you, it's actually the first views of a new interface we'll see next week. So starting with the top page, this is the higher education uh, page for Apple Learning Interchange. And what the higher education page does is it just filters out some of the K-12 content. I used it because it's a little smaller. Over on the left, you'll notice anybody who's signed in has a personal navigation bar. That personal navigation bar allows you to check your profile to monitor your messages to see any kind of conversations that you have participated in, to see what level, where your submissions are, your colleagues, and connect with your personal colleagues, and then what groups you belong to. Across the top, we have site navigation. And site navigation allows you to check out overall content, overall conversations, overall groups, and find new people. The search interface is actually uh, fairly advanced and allows you to search in conversations, allows you to search in profiles, and of course allows you to search inside content exhibits. Down across the bottom we have collections. Collections are the basic organization tool for us to, to uh, distribute any of the content that's created by our members as well as some of the collections that we host for outside organizations like Mac Learning. Digging into collections, you'll see what a collection page looks like. First, we have a customizable header. That allows for an editable look and feel. It allows for organizations like Mac Learning to put a little bit of material up top and explain what their organization is. And then also allows them to link out and create their RSS feeds. 
Down across the right, we have a global breadcrumb. And this is actually part of the new interface. If you're clicking through and you're outside the webcast right now, you'll see that the breadcrumb is living up in the editable look and feel space. This allows any user who has searched out a piece of content to be able to instantly know where they are and get back to the top of ALI. Then sub-collections that this collection owns, for example, NASA has a, a total of three collections, are represented in the sub-navigation down to the right. Digging a little bit deeper, we'll see what a story looks like inside of ALI. This is the basic content unit that's in ALI at this point. Um, and this is the end result of any kind of collaborative piece. A story can be anything as simple as a snapshot of a classroom or a discussion about a learning space to something more complex like this multi-page thesis on using QuickTime in, uh, in, in the classroom and developing uh, multimedia exhibits. So looking over on the right, we'll see how we can interact with this content. At the top, we have the navigation piece. And if you notice at the bottom of the navigation piece, any exhibit that has media in it that is usable on an iPod or an Apple TV gets a button there that says, send the media to iTunes. Clicking that button scrapes the entire exhibit for all those media items and drops them right into your media browser via a podcast in, in iTunes. What's really cool about this is since it's developing a, a media-rich podcast, uh, with those videos, then anytime the uh, author reversions this or adds a new piece of media to the exhibit, then your podcast grows. And so being a, a, a subscriber to any kind of media exhibit becomes a lot more contextual to your own personal environment than it ever has been. Down below that, you'll see there's information about the author. Any other submissions that the author has created can be scrolled through uh, one by one in this, uh, in this window. Below that, we have community features that allow the community to, to interact with this piece. Uh, the, the first piece that you'll notice in this is the rating system. And that allows you to rate it from one to five stars. And the system starts to elevate ones that are more popular, and those get up to the top of the site. Probably, though, the more interesting piece is this join the conversation. Every, every media exhibit gets a conversation or a forum topic surrounding it. And you can enter that forum topic directly from the story. And you can see what others are using around it. You can interact directly with the author. And you can change the, the flow of how this piece is created by just interacting and giving your own feedback. Down below that's project information. If you have found this piece useful, here are tags uh, that are, will let you find other items that are similar to, this, uh, similar to this story. The top ones are open tags, meaning the author has created them and it can be anything they want. The academic areas, grade levels, and tools are topics uh, that we've created and try to close it down to narrow the vocabulary around it. Then down at the bottom, you notice that this has a Creative Commons attachment. This allows a user to say, here's how you're allowed to use this topic. And this user ac actually has said that you're free to share it and to remix it, but you have to attribute the original uh, license. The Creative Commons attachment gives not only this lay person's uh, view of the permissions that are attached to it, but a technical attachment to the media 
uh, object or the learning object. And uh, then also you can click off of this app attribution link into Creative Commons and get a full three or four page legal definition so that you, are, you can defend the use of, your, uh, use of the material. Creative Commons also stretches across 80 countries right now and uh, gives you full legal permissions in all of those countries. And so it was the only space that we saw that would allow for true global sharing but protect the rights of the authors. So let's take a look at how you actually create a story. In submitting, and you can see I've clicked on my left side navigation to see what my submissions are, and I can mouse over all of the submissions that are in there. I can see what I have in progress, I can see what have been published, and then I can see the media collections that I've created. Starting at the bottom, a media collection is like a drawer for media. If I just want to put an image up and maybe build an exhibit later that's going to point to that image, I can create a collection. You can see here I made a trip to Australia. So I took all those images, dropped them into a collection, and allowed that sharing uh, throughout the community. So in case anybody was creating a teaching idea about Australia, they have immediate images that, have rights, uh, that are rights-free for them to use in the classroom. Scrolling up, you can see what I have published. And what we're going to do is take a look at how you would edit an already published piece of media. And so, mousing over Bondi Beach, you can see over on the right, I can see how I can interact with that. The left magnifying glass is to view the exhibit, and then there's an edit button right there. And I'm actually going to roll down one and take a look at the exhibit submitting to ALI. Dropping into the submitting to ALI <coughs> exhibit, uh, we stop on the management pane. The management pane is how we uh, address all of the information that's incorporated in the story. Up top, you can see what active version I have live. Since this is a, a, create, a content management system, we wanted the capability to be able to version out, edit a new version without making that new version live until you're totally ready. You can also then, if you've made a mistake, roll back to a previous version and have that republished. The project status over here lets me know whether the project is published, in review, or if I haven't submitted it yet, or if it's incomplete. Um, this project has been published, and so we're going to take a look at all of the information that are, uh, that's incorporated in it. So up top, we have project, project information. This is the basic information that allows ALI to sort your project out. The uh, idea or title is displayed automatically at the top of your exhibit. And subhead and project summary are fed into the XML. And so Mac Learning, for every, uh, every story that get, gets published, can subscribe to that, that XML and actually display that information on their website. Institutional and, uh, institution, <laughs> institution and author allow us to sort by author and allow us to sort by institution. And it lets you see all of the things that Apple, Apple, for instance, has published. And eligibility, you can see how I can publish. I can publish on my own. I can publish as part of a group. I can inter-content uh, inter for a colleague. I can sponsor student work and then uh, publish on behalf of an organization. Versions, as I mentioned before, allow you to manage versions. Creating a new one is as simple as naming one and hitting go. Once you've created a new version, it's copied all of the context around your media assets. It doesn't, unfortunately, version your media assets. 
but it then allows you to edit that content and change it and publish it when you're ready. The thumbnail is how your exhibit will show up in searches. And it's really important to choose a compelling thumbnail because if you don't choose a thumbnail, it ends up sitting in, a, in an exhibit and looking really boring and nobody comes in. Group authorship is one of the exciting pieces of collaboration in here. It's as simple as finding a member inside of ALI. Um, and if I search in the Go window, uh, I will come up with a list of all members that match that search, and then adding that member to the editing list on the right-hand side. Once I've done that, I can alert the users that they've been added to the author's list, and those users can go right in and edit my material just like they'd written it. Attaching media collections is also as simple as scrolling through all of the media collections that are available and just sliding it over. Once a media collection is attached, it'll show up in a drawer on the right-hand side of the story, and it allows users to download and view as slideshows all of the media uh, content that's been put in, uh, put in and attached to this exhibit. And then we have the administration form for Creative Commons. This is how you allow this specific licenses uh, that Creative Commons uh, provides. It also gives a good explanation of how Creative Commons works. So moving back over, if we would click on the Build uh, tab up on the top left, and we'd end up in the Editing view for Stories. This is a really simple way, and it was intentionally simple and has grown simpler over time, to be able to create an entire website inside of ALI. In the center, we have the content space. Content editing uh, is done in sections at this point. You can drag and drop each of those sections to organize the layout of your page, and then you can click on Edit section to edit the material inside of, uh, inside of the content page. Story editing is done on the right side, and this manages all of the organization of your story. Up top, we have Pages. In the middle, we have Editing Mode. And down at the bottom, we have Project Information, which is how you assign the tags that go along with your story. Editing, editing Mode is one of three types. At this point, we have Simple, which means you just want to get some text up there and don't want to have a whole lot of interaction around it. We have Rich Text Mode, which is a new way that allows you to edit your material just like you are using TextEdit or a simple word processor. You can, select uh, you can select words inside of, your, uh, inside of your sections, attach bold, underline them, make them italics, and then hit save, and immediately all of that material is live. And then page management is done at the top. If you build pages and then decide that, uh, decide that in the end it would be better organized, you can actually just drag and drop those pages inside of the exhibit. And, and they'll slide aside, and you can drop them in and reorganize your story. So let's go back up to the, uh, to the top of the site. We'll see how we can learn to connect with uh, other users. And that allows us to create those stories collaboratively. Up top, if I click on People, I will drop into a member search. This member search allows me to find those, those surface-level similarities that I talked about in the very beginning of the connection piece. If I take, for example, if I search, for example, under the Institution University of Michigan, 
I'll drop in in a results for all of the members who are, are a member of that institution. Clicking on a member, I get to the basic unit of ALI as, as attached to people. Remember with content it was stories, with people it's the profile. The profile is just as editable as your story and it's just as important. If you create a piece of content and you put it up, a lot of times people want to understand who created this content and what are they about. In order to describe yourself, we made the page editable just like a, uh, a collection page. We gave you lots of spaces to put in personalized tags about yourself and then we gave spaces for other people to talk about you and uh, the ability to support your own personal collections. So going through the page, up top we have the editable look and feel. This header is completely changeable. Carl chose this nice picture of trees. And all of the basic information about Carl is incorporated here. This is all of the vocabulary that we have created that allow us to sort people in larger groups and create those surface level similarities. Clicking on one of those pieces builds a search just like, uh, just like clicking on people did and we see all of the other people from Michi University of Michigan again. The next space is the more, uh, the more, the, <laughs> the more customizable information about Carl. Carl can fill out a complete bio and anything in that bio is searchable using our advanced search interface. Down below, Carl has tagged himself with specific interests. Those are open. They can be anything you want and a good example would be Mac Learning for, for this group because it allows you to instantly find all of the other users who are involved in Mac Learning. Down below we see the public comments that I described and then the personal collections that Carl has created. Right now he just has his favorites and his own submissions. However, coming this week, we have the ability to create custom collections around any topic. Each one of these collections as they're created can be attached to a media-rich RSS feed, which means it automatically creates a podcast. Over on the right-hand side, we see how we can interact with Carl. And you notice that the stories and the profiles are laid out in the, same in the same fashion. In the middle, we have all of the content about Carl. We have all of the pieces that he's created. And on the right-hand side, we see how we can interact. We can send an internal message to Carl. We can add a public comment to his page, uh, which he then gets the ability to edit, review, deny, or allow. And then we can find any kind of comments that Carl has left about anybody else. And finally, chat with Carl instantly by clicking the bottom link. And you notice the red lights showing that Carl's not currently available by iChat. If Carl has iChat signed on, even if he's not signed into ALI, you'll be able to click on that and immediately chat with him. Down below that, we have all of Carl's colleagues. This gives the, the idea behind showing all of the colleagues was the ability to create a context around a person by showing who they surround themselves with. Uh, Carl's well surrounded in uh, ALI and we could follow through and see if anybody's creating content that it was as interesting as the piece that we originally uh, came in uh, on or if there's a group here that we might be able to create that would have a, a more uh, customized set of similarities than one of the top ones that we, uh, that we originally talked about. 
down below we can see all of the tools that Carl uses. And each one of those is clickable and creates a search uh, through ALI for other uh, for uh, items that have been created using those tools. Going to the next set of connection, once we create a connection between two people, or between three people, or as Carl showed us with all of those colleagues, we might want to create a group around a specific topic. Groups can be open, which means that anybody can join. They can be public, mean, meaning anybody can see it, but you have to ask the owner of the group to join. Or they can be private, which means only the people who are invited to be a member of the group can see the content inside. As is every, every page that's dedicated to the people in ALI, the entire page is customizable. The owner of the group can edit the background image, can edit the title of the group, all of the uh, subheadings surrounding it. It can edit, edit the audience information. And then uh, the owner of the group can also create collections of materials that uh, is content related to the group. This can either be content that the group has created, content that the work group is working on together, or it can be just anything that might be of interest to the group. And you can title your collections based on what, uh, what's contained inside. Uh, there's the capability to, to add public comments to the group. Once you're a member of the group, you can uh, write right on this page. And that's a great way for a single member to communicate with all of the members of the groups. Mac Learning could use this very intriguingly by having it be its direct portal into ALI. In other words, if we link right into the groups page, immediately we'll see the Mac Learning collection and the content that's created in there. You could put up your newest content that's put in into a second collection. You can uh, see what comments and communicate with the entire group. Uh, or any member can actually communicate with the entire group from the comments section. And then you can actually interact directly with the members of the group down below. Uh, you'll see the mini profiles down there. Uh, I'm logged into this group as, a, as an administrator, and so I can set their user level. But mousing over them allows me to see their profile, allows me to send them a message instantly, or allows me to chat with them right from this group window. So I've talked too fast. So that gives you an overview of the interface inside of ALI. And the idea behind ALI was never for Apple to say, this is what we're doing. Instead, it was designed around members saying, this is what I'm doing. And in order to do that, we wanted to create something that was op open space. Not only can sites like Mac Learning subscribe to the content that's created in ALI, uh, but ALI now is, has the capabilities to search through public repositories under the Open Knowledge Initiative. The Open Knowledge Initiative is a stan uh, standard space search solution that allows for multiple repositories to be open to a, a same level search. And so breaking that down into something easier, if I wanted to search for, say for example, a picture of animals to include, into my, uh, inc include in my story, and I searched ALI, and there really wasn't anything that either fit the permissions level that I needed to use or fit the context of my story. Instead, I could then use the open knowledge search and search repositories like the San Francisco Museum of Modern Art and find an, uh, a rights use, I'm sorry, find an image that fits my story. It's the rights usage um, 
that would allow me to publish it inside of ALI and then subscribe to it from an RSS feed outside of ALI like Mac Learning is creating. So this shows you what the federated search looks like. Over on the right, you see I, can, I have searched for animals. I decided not to filter it out by grade level or academic area. But then I decided I had to search into an outside federated search repository. The big one was Black Ships and Samurai. And it gives, gives me federated results down below. And you can see I start to get a new type of image that's been created. Some of them are historical documents. A lot of it's artwork. And a lot of it creates a new, uh, new dimension to my story uh, that I might not have from educator-created material. So the ALI, in the OKI search in ALI, will launch somewhere around October. Uh, but I wanted to show it because I felt like it fit Mac Learning's involvement in, uh, in ALI directly and, and covered a lot of the same kind of um, community development that we're both looking for. Not only do we have internal communities and we have a, a space for Mac Learning and we have a space for ALI, but there are impromptu communities now inside of ALI that allow for educators or anybody with similar interests to create their own community and have it be housed inside of a larger environment. ALI is global. It, we have nodes in Australia. We have a lot of members coming out of New Zealand. And then Europe is launching uh, in the fall and will allow for a lot more diverse con content uh, that's currently in there. I'm excited for Mac Learning to be coming uh, to become a part, and I'm excited to see what you guys do with the content, with the context, and with the connections that you can create in ALI. Now I'm ready for questions and answers. Great. I'm ready for questions. I'll have <laughs> answers. <laughs> well, if you have some questions, that that would be fine too. Um, just a, a couple of quick questions here. When someone publishes something into ALI, how are they able to um, track or discover the actual popularity and, and usage of their submission? By dropping onto their own submission page, and you notice, you remember that you can click on the left-hand side of your submission and track all of your published exhibits, you'll be able to see the rating that's going on. As well, conversations can be tracked inside of your conversations navigation. And so if a new conversation that you've, if a conversation that you've been involved in has been updated, then you'll get a little note on the side, just like you have a new message, uh, that a conversation's uh, uh, ongoing around your topics. Okay. And, and sort of related to that, any um, either hard data or anecdotal uh, evidence uh, Weighing folksonomies because there's there's the ability to to add uh, user generated tags, right? Um, versus the controlled vocabulary. How does that play out in terms of what people are searching against? Do they tend to use the open sort of folksonomy based search, or are they looking more at the controlled vocabulary? What's your thoughts on that? Most of the usage at this point is around the controlled vocabulary. Uh, a lot of the uh, open tags right now are so narrow, and we're up to about 16,000 uh, registered members of ALI and somewhere around 4,000 topics. And so taking those 4,000 topics and breaking them down into open tags, which may or may not act, 
um, you end up not getting the kind, uh, the the levels of information that you might be looking for. And so, most the way most people use it is they use the uh, the closed terms that we have, and then filter down uh, into uh, the more specific interests of the user rather than the author. Okay. And how can uh, you mentioned there's three types of groups? Um, are all types uh, able to track? Their, their actual membership lists and numbers. Um, so in the case of Mac Learning, I think they're going to go with, a, a, I think it's a public where anyone can join. There's no um, requirement to have someone approve your request for membership. Will they be able to see how many members they have and is that all very self-evident and um, transparent? Absolutely. Not only is it transparent, but all of the members are visible on the group page. And so anybody who comes to the Mac Learning Group can see the, uh, see the members that, that make up that group and actually interact directly with them. Maybe, for example, to ask them if the group is beneficial, although I know yours will be. Well, I'm wondering if uh, we, we may uh, cause you some, uh, or Mac Learning will cause you some UI issues <laughs> if, if they bring all 1,000 members. Or they're, they're, uh, I think getting close to about a thousand people. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how uh, we, we deal with that in the UI. Um, what's the largest uh, existing group uh, currently in ALI? At this point, the largest group uh, that we have supported uh, was an institute-based group, and it was 250 people inside of a private group. Um, I'm excited to see actually the larger groups come in because the the pain points that we discovered on the group of 250 people allowed us to start developing new interfaces for the larger group. And so, by the time uh, by the time we're hitting a thousand members in Mac Learning, un unless you guys are really ambitious, um, we'll have new UI UI available to sort the sort those people out. All right, uh, and you'd mentioned in uh, talking about submitting projects uh, that sometimes a project goes into uh, review. Can you talk a little bit more about that, um, particularly in the context of a group like Mac Learning or some of the other uh, existing groups? What, what, what exactly did you mean by in review? What's that process look like and how do groups use that today? So publishing as an individual member into ALI submits your content to, uh, to Apple and all we do is check it out to make sure that it's appropriate to publish on an all-ages website. We don't check out any of the pedagogy or any of the uh, content uh, pieces other than to make sure that everything's working and to help you out with some of the layout issues. If you publish into a group, though, like Mac Learning, it adds an additional workflow step that allows the owners of the group to see what, uh, what pieces have been published into their group and allows them the ability to either uh, approve or deny the acceptance of that piece into the group. That allows for groups to really tailor the type of content that they're displaying. Great. I think that that sounds like it's going to be uh, very useful for Mac Learning. I, I know they've been uh, trying to think about how they can get uh, extended uh, submission from, from the community. Right now it's mostly the steering committee that's uh, creating uh, projects and resources. And uh, ALI sounds like it's the perfect tool to allow uh, other community members to actually submit uh, uh, for for the use of the broader community, which I think is a great thing. Um, in closing, do you do you have any sort of uh, thoughts or uh, feelings on trends of uh, sort of ad hoc social networking tools like delicious um, sort of social tagging phenomenon versus 
uh, or how does ALI fit in that context versus, you know, very um, uh, sort of isolated uh, tools like, a, you know, a Drupal or, or some sort of content manager that doesn't have the social networking? Where do you put ALI in that spectrum from sort of pure open wild west social networking to a, a silo? Where, where is ALI in, in that spectrum? Well, we kind of walk along the fence between those two. And uh, what we wanted to do was not create another social network, because really, I think there are enough of those out there. And we didn't really want just a content management space, because those are out there as well. What we wanted was an interacting point between the two. And one of the benefits uh, and, and a lot of the philosophy that comes into ALI is that you can take your networks and you can adapt those networks. Say, for example, I have a group from my social network. If I have a bunch of colleagues, I can add them all to a group inside of ALI. And all of a sudden, I have a creation space that's attached to that group. On the flip side, I can take all of the content that is created in ALI and subscribe to that content in my, no my social networking space and display it on that side. And so really, we're trying to stay in between and keep it, uh, keep it good for the users, but also good for the environment and for uh, the overall audience. Great. We've got uh, another question that uh, just came in. This one actually from uh, London. And uh, basically, the question is, what media types does uh, the Apple Learning Interchange support? So when you create uh, a project, w besides images and QuickTime movies, what file formats do you support? Um, and, and related to that, maybe you can talk a little bit more about the power of the integration with the iLife and iWork suite, uh, particularly in regards to mobility. Uh, things like iPod and the new iPhone, how does that sort of flow down into those devices? Well, uh, to address the first part, for, uh, first part first, we, uh, we support just about every type of web format uh, that's out there. And in addition, we just have our, or you guys actually launched our first application in there. Um, and so we do support zip files, although we're really careful about those. Uh, but we support QuickTime movies, we support Flash animation, we support <laughs> attachments, we support uh, almost all type of image files, and, uh, and uh, most types of sound files, MP3, M, uh, MP4, uh, and M4V. And the benefits of creating inside of iLife is that you can create those media files without having to think about it. All you have to think about is what is the lowest common denominator of the devices that you want to publish to. And so in other words, say for example, I want to be able to publish to Apple TV and to iPod. Then I'll, I would uh, choose the lower common denominator. iPod has a lower resolution than Apple TV. Select that from my publish menu in an in, in iLife application, and automatically the file format is created. Uh, what's cool about that is not only is the file format automatically created, but ALI knows to look for those file formats and incorporate those publishing schemes into the, into the download uh, capabilities. And so automatically you'll see the publish to iTunes, and iTunes recognizes whether that's for iPod or for Apple TV. What about um, if somebody wanted to share a keynote or a PowerPoint, what's the best way to, to share that through ALI? The best way, uh, 
We accept PowerPoint files, but you're not going to be able to play them in line. Um, and Keynote is actually a directory, and so a lot of times that's lost in the upload process. What I recommend for both of those objects is describing it and creating a context in ALI, and then posting the presentation as a zip file so that it's easily downloaded and shared. Great, and I don't know that we've uh, mentioned this, but actually everything we've talked about in terms of Apple Learning Interchange, that this is a free hosted service uh, from Apple. So uh, certainly educators and anybody interested in, in sharing their content and finding very interesting content are welcome to join for free. And uh, also Mac Learning is uh, interested in getting uh, current community members and those who would like to join into ALI, so look for us there. Uh, I would like to thank our uh, guest this morning in the studio, Alec Marshall, for presenting on Apple Learning Interchange. Thank you, Alec. And uh, also Jess Mitchell from uh, Duke University for uh, sort of kicking things off this morning. Uh, that's it. I'm Scott Morris from Apple, and join us next month when we do another webcast for MacLearning.org. Thank you.